Welcome back to our second Missionary Preparation Religion 130 podcast by Brother Chandler. Today our special guest is Elder Paul Nicholas Leakius of the 70. Um, He resides in Perth, Australia with his wonderful wife, Rebecca, and has been serving that capacity since 2017. He has also served as a elders court president, bishop, stake president, and mission president in the New Zealand Auckland Mission, and that's how I know him. He was he was my second mission president. I personally love Elder Leakius. I'm so excited for you to get to hear from him about the need for an atonement. I just want to say hi to your class and hope they're doing well. I I um, I think of you said there are about 15 attending this mission preparation class and. I want to thank you for attending and participating with um, your teacher, brother, oh, Bro Chandler. <laughs> Bro Chan? <laughs> yeah, that works. But what, what a fantastic topic that you're focused on. Um, I used to, I'll start with just a thought I used to ask a lot of the missionaries, and I'm not sure if I asked Elder Chandler, who was one of our missionaries in the great New Zealand Auckland mission. But we used to start by introducing ourselves to new missionaries by saying just think about your next two years or 18 months with this question in mind if everyone you knew uh, family and friends had no comprehension of Jesus Christ or what he did and the only way that they were to learn about him and his atonement were from you how much would they know? And so that's a, a thought that I'd like to share just in starting. So throughout your life, um, think about those around you who need to know more about Jesus Christ and would they learn about him by watching you, listening to you and observing you? So um, that's something we used to ask the missionaries in, in New Zealand before they started. But why do we need an atonement um, and a mediator, so to speak? I always reflect on that word mediator, and I think of President Packer. And you've probably all seen um, or heard his talk, A Mediator, and there there was an old uh, film that was put together for S&I, and many seminary students, students may have seen it. But I, I really love that. I've sort of adopted that. I, I'm, I work in banking and finance. And so I, I sort of adopted this um, approach that President Packer took and uh, applied it to finance. And I, I think of all you students maybe wanting to buy a car. And if you didn't have the funds or the finance to purchase that vehicle, you would probably go to a bank or, or raise a personal loan of some sort to buy that vehicle. President Packer went on to explain a little bit about that purchase. Sometimes throughout our life, we really desire to have things. And let's just say it's that motor vehicle. And you go to the bank and you obtain finance and, and you purchase the vehicle of your choice. You love it and you experience great joy because of it. But looming over your head are the repayments that you must make on a regular basis. And you've signed a contract, you've entered an agreement with the bank 
over a certain term that you would pay that back, maybe five years. Well, you enjoy the car and time goes on, but unfortunately you haven't had the money to pay back the loan. And soon enough, the bank comes knocking on your door asking for that finance. You tell the bank that you don't have the finance and uh, they start um, proceeding a, a law case against you, either getting the car back or, or suing you for the money owing. Fortunately, you have uh, loving parents around you or friends and they say to the bank, you know what, we can help you. We will give the bank the money to pay your debt and in return you can repay us. As you think about that experience, and I'm sure you've heard other experiences, try and think about where the saviour fits in uh, with regard to this experience. You being uh, who you are, wanting to live in this life, um, you and I make mistakes. Heavenly Father or the bank has certain obligations that he needs, which uh, we call justice or law. And he sets those boundaries and he requires us to live in a certain manner. Um, obviously, being natural men and women, we cannot uh, live to those certain standards and we sin, we make mistakes. And Jesus Christ, in, in this example, is like our parents, comes and helps pay the debt. There's a scripture that helps us understand it a little bit further and I I found this scripture that I, I really like because it explains just what's happening with Jesus Christ and he being a mediator. It's found in Mosiah chapter 15 and it's uh, verse 7 to 9. It says, Yea, even so he shall be led, crucified and slain, the flesh becoming subject even unto death, the will of the Son being swallowed up in the will of the Father. I'll jump to verse 9. Having ascended into heaven, having the bowels of mercy, being filled with compassion towards the children of men. And this is the part that really helps us understand that he is our mediator. Standing betwixt them and justice, having broken the bands of death, taking upon himself their iniquity and their transgressions. If you think about if you were to draw a diagram and you could see on one side justice and then on the other side you and I and in the middle Jesus Christ standing betwixt justice yeah. and us and so without the saviour there would be no way for justice to be satisfied and he becomes our mediator that makes sense I love that. I think that's a beautiful illustration, depiction. Thank you for that. And I, I love that part of the Savior's atoning sacrifice for us. And maybe let me ask you this next question to even build on that. Yeah. You know, Elder Bednar teaches us a lot about the enabling power of the atonement, among other apostles. Maybe in just your own words, what, what can you teach us about the enabling power of the atonement? We know the redemption side, and we love that, and you taught that so beautifully. What about the enabling side? The enabling side, which we have all come to understand, uh, means the grace of Jesus Christ. And when you look at the Bible dictionary, there's a little section in there that defines 
grace as divine means of help or strength. And it's this same power that will enable each of us to be resurrected. And so if you think about grace or enabling power, I'd like to say that it's real. It's freely available if we know how to and what to look for. And that it's the same power that prophets and apostles uh, use to receive revelation and guide us. It's the same power that we learn about in Alma chapter 7 that applies to our suffering, our infirmities, our afflictions. Uh, but it's what I love about the enabling power, it's available to all, one and all. And Heavenly Father is no respecter of persons. And he wants us to find joy in this life. And uh, sometimes life can be quite difficult. And particularly if you think about the covenants that we enter into, if you think about the baptismal covenant, it almost looks impossible to accomplish the baptismal uh, covenant by ourselves. And you know what? It is. We can't do it by ourselves. There's no way that we can accomplish everything that you look at in Doctrine and Covenants section 20 and Mosiah 18. Yeah without the help of the Savior. And so each week when we partake of the sacrament and we renew those covenants, we say to Heavenly Father, I'm going to try a little bit better this week. And it's the enabling power or the grace of our Savior that helps us to do that. And so I really love that about the atonement of Jesus Christ. You know, I never thought about that way that we can't even keep our side of the covenant by ourselves without him. I mean, he's just involved in all of them. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. And so, kind of leading into that, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about your your church leadership experience, and, and you've been blessed to be able to do that, and and hopefully that's been a blessing. But maybe what what do you wish that missionaries had a better understanding of? Now, you're serving currently as an Area 70. You've been a mission president, stick president. Bishop, what is one thing you wish missionaries understood better about the atonement of Jesus Christ? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, I used to use a little equation on, in the mission that if missionaries will work hard mm-hmm. and be obedient, they'll be happy. That, that was the simple philosophy that we worked on. And, and you remember that, Jeff. I do. Yeah, it started coming back as you were saying it. happy. Um, just earlier I read that verse in Mosiah that talked about the will of the Son being swallowed up and the will of the Father. I, I think of that and I think what was Jesus Christ prepared to do to follow his Father? And the answer is everything. And so if you think about serving a full-time mission, The question also should be, what are you prepared to leave behind in order to serve Heavenly Father and the Savior? Or what are you prepared to leave on the altar? And there may be things that might be difficult. It could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It might be school or work, hobbies and interests, music, and other things that you really love 
right at this time in your life. But if we're really to understand the atonement of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, and that is everything, then our small sacrifice um, in order to serve him will be, bring the greatest blessings into our life as full-time missionaries. So really, if, if we understand Jesus Christ and his atonement in such a way that we will love, serve, and obey, we will um, come to know the Master more than we ever thought we would. And, and that is a promise that is given to all of Heavenly Father's children, that as we serve the Saviour, and that our hearts and thoughts are turned to Him, we will come to know Him. And uh, there's no greater place than the mission field to do that. You know, as you're saying that, what what's come to my mind is I remember, you know, anyone that served a mission can tell you the same thing. There were missionaries who struggled with obedience, and I, and there's you know seminary students and institute students and all of us at different times in our lives I think struggle with obedience to the commandments. And what if we understood it differently? That that obedience, as you're saying, helps us come to know Him, come to be like Him, instead of just something we have to do. And that's part of his atoning sacrifice as well. I love that. Thank you. So I'll just ask you one more thing. Um, I would just love to hear your testimony of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And then when you say amen, we'll, we'll kind of end our interview there, if that's okay. And anything else that you'd like to add? Well, thanks for this opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. I, um, I, you know, there's a thought here about how we would explain the atonement to our friends yeah. and how would we testify to those who may not have even heard that word before, atonement, what would we say to them? And I would probably start with the most important thing about Jesus Christ's atonement is found in John 3 verse 16 where Heavenly Father says why he provided his son. Because he loved us so much. Uh, he provided his only begotten son for us, our Savior and Redeemer, to make it possible for us to return to him. So if I was to explain to someone who was not a member of the church what the atonement of Jesus Christ is all about, I would simply say it's all about love. And it's about love because... It's about heavenly parents wanting their children to return to him. And the way that that happens is by accepting Jesus Christ and his teachings. So I've come to understand that throughout my life, that um, those two great commandments that we talk about, of loving God, Jesus Christ, and our neighbor, is really what enables us to understand fully what Jesus Christ went through in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the cross at Calvary, and then in the Garden Tomb when he was resurrected. All of this culminating in what we call the Atonement of Jesus Christ. As an Area 70, I have a special um, calling to be a witness of the Saviour and 
And I want to share my witness with you that I do know that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Redeemer. I know that he died for us. I know that he suffered for us. And I know that he set an example for how we should live. He has provided us with uh, wonderful opportunities to learn the things that he went through, to apply the attributes that he has, and to love those around us. As we study more about his atonement, um, it will lead us to develop greater hope, which will increase our faith. That faith will allow us to change or repent and lead us down what President Nelson calls today the covenant path. And that covenant path, if you really think about Lehi's dream, is the same path that Lehi was talking about. And if you think of the tree that the path leads to, it's Jesus Christ. The fruit being the blessings of the atonement. And so as we stay on that covenant path, are true to the covenants that we have entered into and come to understand more fully what the Savior has done, we, in effect, are learning about the atonement of Jesus Christ and the joy that Lehi spoke about in First Nephi 8. I testify that these things are true and that God lives. Jesus Christ is our Savior. We are led by a prophet of God today, President Nelson, the Book of Mormon is the Word of God, and the restoration of the Gospel has come forth in the latter days to witness of the Atonement, and that's what it's all about. Everything we see in the Gospel is about Jesus Christ and His Atonement, and I leave you my love and testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining with us in this podcast and learning from Elder Lekius about the need for an atonement. Please join us next week as we learn about how to learn by the Spirit.